Get ready to hear some noise tonight. You're just seconds away from Let's Go Blues Radio. I know that we're all people just sitting here uh, looking at um, Nick eat a banana uh, <laughs> right now. I can't even focus. That anymore. looks like he's a tasty just, banana. He's the Burger King here in Troy has been uh, advertising for managers for a while, so we'll go through there next week. Eric Brewer was so bad. <laughs> <laughs> the Blues had made the playoffs 25 straight seasons before Eric Brewer arrived. After Brewer donned the note, the Blues missed the playoffs every season that Brewer was a Blue, except for one. No doubt about it, eh? You're listening to Kurt, Bill, and Jeff on Let's Go Blues Radio, the original St. Louis Blues hockey fan podcast. Take it away, boys. Welcome to Season 5, Episode 13 of Let's Go Blues Radio. We are live on Wednesday, January 25th, 2017. This is Franchise Episode number 94 all time. If you are a new listener, Let's Go Blues Radio is a weekly program that talks St. Louis Blues hockey. We do welcome listeners to call in and chat with us live on the air, as well as tweet us questions or comments. Just send those tweets to at LGB Radio, and we'll read them on the show. And to chat with us live, you can go to letsgoblues.com radio and click on the Join Us graphic in a few minutes uh, when I get that up, and I will tell you when that is. My name is Kurt Price, and joining me this evening is uh, are my co-hosts once again, Mr. Bill Day and Mr. Jeff Ponder. Gentlemen, how are you? Uh, I have two things to open the show with. Number one, if you're not listening live and you're listening to this recorded, the opening where Kurt uh, makes the comment about Eric Brewer and the Blues making the playoffs, I just want to point out, the year they made the playoffs... He actually was injured that year. So if you really want to be technical, every year Eric Brewer played for the Blues, they did not make the playoffs. Right. Well, he played a handful of games to start the year. Yeah, he played, uh, was it like 16 games to start the year, and that was it? Yeah. That was the best year ever. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Yep. Uh, And then number two, uh, this is episode number 94, which means this is already my favorite episode because that's my hockey number. So... I'm already loving it, guys. Yeah, I, I, why is 94 your number? Is it uh, the year you were born? So, uh, no, that is incorrect. Uh, number nine was my dad's baseball number. And uh, the number four uh, actually comes from um, Chris Pronger, 44. Uh, before that, I was always number nine because of my dad. So then I put in the four. So now I'm 94. Cool beans. And it's also the uh, the year I was conceived. <laughs> that is not true. <laughs> I thought it might have been an uh, NHL '94 reference or something. That's that's oh, what I was going. Go. With. Going that, with. You know what? That's that's a way better story. That's what I'm gonna start telling. <laughs> I'm a big Yannick Perot fan. There you go. Sergey Berezin. Okay. Oh, Sergey Berezin. Brendan Shanahan with the Whalers. Oh yeah. Yep. Don't bring that up. <laughs> Although it did, it did mean we got Pronger. So that's true. That's true. How are you Pronger about? got us Brewer. See that whole thing just went. 
right. just went full, full circle. circle. Man. Yep. And that's Dude. the end of the show. Yeah. Wow. It's like we you're a media you pro week. or something. <laughs> Bill, how's it going with you over there, sir? Oh. Um, uh, I, uh, I suppose. It's a Wednesday night. The Blues have ended the skid. So um, we, we can talk a little happiness tonight. I look forward to it. I don't plan on talking too much happiness, but there will be some. Uh, uh, well, give us give us whatever little happiness we can have. Speaking of happiness, the uh, do you have a a beer of the episode tonight, Bill? I do. Uh, uh, I am replay uh, because it made me happy. And it was so good. Um, it's the Ibex Cellar. Uh, I'm not going to re re retweet the uh, the whole thing, but uh, I uh, I always go to Schlafly's uh, Robbie Burns night, which is happening tonight. And uh, unfortunately, I couldn't make it tonight. And so my my consolation prize is that I'm doing the show and drinking a uh, an Ibex Cellar. Uh, while talking hockey with you guys, but for dinner, I you know the Robbie Burns night for those that don't know is a, a great night at Schlafly Tap Room. Highly recommend if you've never never experienced it, go experience it. It's awesome. They tap their Scotch ale and uh, parade haggis around to bagpipes and drums. So it's a beautiful night. They read uh, Robbie Burns' inspired poetry of a topical nature. It's the one thing I'm going to miss uh, not not hearing tonight um, from Scotch Ale for, uh, to have with my dinner tonight. So, um, yeah, I've had a couple of beers, so I'm feeling good. And you, you heard about that. Uh, you said you heard a lot of the talk about that in the uh, that beer enthusiast Facebook group that we're on? Yes, yes, the uh, the St. Louis beer enthusiasts. Um, I, I saw lots of posts about this, the Ibex seller, and uh, so, yeah, luckily I worked nearby Schlafly and popped in and picked up a, a, a four-pack. Highly recommended. Cool. I am... Uh, what I about have you? What do you got? I do. I have a... I have a uh, let me tweet it out here. It's a... I'm actually doing a... Uh, I'm actually doing a, uh, a comparison tonight. I've got two beers. Mm. I've got, oh I'm gonna, boy! I'm going to do a a hard root beer comparison. And mm. so you know, every once in a while, I just get in the mood for one of these things. So uh, my first one is the Row Hard Root Beer by Root Cellars. So you're hanging that up there. If you can see that, it's uh, there. We go. But um, so yeah. I will. Uh, I'll give that a go. It's pretty good. Um, we'll see how what's it pairs. The, what's the follow up to it? Uh, the follow up will be Coney Island root beer, which I've had Coney before. Island. Have you had? Have you had the O'Fallon Fitz's mashup? Yes. Yes. No, I've not. It's good. It's, uh, yeah, it's good. It's it's uh, got a little little more spice to it uh, than the. Uh, you feel uh, more like you're high. drinking a beer. Yeah. See yeah, the, the 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 I've had Coney Island before, and I was gonna I haven't had the Rohard, but I wanted to compare it to Coney Island, so I'm having the Rohard first, 
and then I'll have the uh, the Coney Island. I enjoy the Coney Island quite a bit because uh, it's it's doesn't it does not taste like a drinking beer. <laughs> it tastes like root beer, which is a nice. You can get you can get, yeah you can get you in trouble. It, uh, it tastes uh, it's pretty good. So. And that's so what mine. I found with uh, the hard root beers is that man, you really can get in trouble because yeah. you don't notice it until they it's go down late. easy too. Yeah, yeah. My uh, yeah. My, my fantasy draft this year, we like all met you up. in high school. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, that was directed at Kurt, right? Yes. Uh, okay, well, good. Was it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. I was gonna say, yeah, that, that was I me. No, you in high school. That was yeah. me. That wasn't that wasn't Jeff. I no, think. my uh, my fantasy draft. We all got a bunch of beer and then. uh we uh, uh, just sat around and drafted, and I was on the way home from a hockey game. I was like, oh, I'm just going to pick up a six-pack of this hard root beer. <sighs> I put that down in probably, I'm not kidding, 10 minutes because I was still thirsty from playing hockey, and then I was like, ah, let's drink, drink, drink. Man, I was gone. I was I was blitzed. Thirsty and dehydrated. Yes. <laughs> speaking, of, uh, speaking of beers and whatnots, I was – I had a uh, I, I hadn't had an Irish car bomb in oh, wow. forever, and I think I think the last one I had was like uh, was it Brother's bachelor party, wasn't it? It was it was I think it was Andy's bachelor party. I think Havel bought him. Yeah, that but, sounds, uh, sounds about right. <laughs> yeah, but uh, and I was in Baton Rouge uh, a couple weekends ago, and I had a couple back to back, and I forgot how good they taste. They're delicious. Hmm. I think the only time I ever had one was uh, Keith's bachelor party. Are you familiar with the uh, Irish car bomb there, Mister Ponder? Oh yeah, that was my that was oh, yeah. that was my drink of choice in college. We <laughs> uh, we Irish car bombed pretty much every single night. So, so was it the Guinness and yeah. uh, Jameson and yes. uh, uh, Bailey's? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Got to mix it all. Yeah, we went to a bar once where we asked him for an Irish car bomb, and the guy was like. Uh, what kind of beer you want with that? And I was like, well, you, you got to have Guinness, right? And he just goes, yeah, uh, we're out of Guinness. You want some Bud Light or something with that? Oh. <laughs> and I was just like, okay, I'm not ordering this. <laughs> mm. I guess you have to get some other kind of stout. Yeah. Oh, it was, I couldn't even, could you imagine shooting that with a Bud Light? Oh, awful. Awful. Uh, yeah. Man, that and I really start seems... having a beer on Wednesday nights. You guys are so much cooler than me. Yeah, yeah. Do it, do it. Do drink it. beer. Do it. And I'm sitting here drinking juice. Yeah. Trying to be healthy. What the hell's uh, wrong with me? Beer's healthy. Yeah, right. <laughs> One beer a day is a proven scientific fact to be good for you. That's true. And I've also heard it's a scientific fact that you could live off of Guinness and vitamin C supplements. You don't need anything else, so it's got to be healthy, right? That would be fine with me. I, I don't know if I talked on the show about Guinness. I had, the first time I had Guinness was like probably a few months ago, and uh, or no, I, well, aside from the Irish car bombs I had years ago, uh, I, I didn't. I was I, I don't know if it was built up for me or what, but I was not really a fan of Guinness by itself. I don't know. I guess I've had too many of the uh, flavorful stouts lately that kind of just I don't know. Right. right. If you start you start on imperial stouts and you know the uh, the the other non dry stouts, it's it. Guinness can be a little bit harsh, but uh, Guinness is what I started drinking when I started drinking. So, see, I thought I thought Guinness to me came off as as not having a lot of flavor. Yeah, me, but I think I tweeted I'll you the first time I had one. I was like, "What the hell is this?" 
Yeah, I'll admit I'm not a huge Guinness fan. I'll drink it obviously with Irish car bombs, but uh, straight Guinness, I a lot of those darker ales, I'm just not, just not for me. Um, I'm not a big, I'm just not a big Guinness guy. But go ahead, Bill, have as many Guinnesses as you want. You can make up for me. Uh, no, I, I actually, you know, I, I think I prefer more imperial stouts than uh, the dry Irish stouts. Uh, but you know. Uh, Times a year, I'll go to McGurk's and you know have a have the uh, three cheese sandwich and a Guinness, and it's a oh, it's a lovely lunch. Those three cheese sandwiches are pretty amazing there. And McGurk's, if you would like to sponsor, let's go Blues Radio. I, I, you can I love tweet McGurk's. Us. McGurk's oh, yeah. is fun. I love McGurk's. We should we should tweet out McGurk's. Yeah, <laughs> we should <laughs> right now. <laughs> Oh, oh man, that back back in college, that's uh, you know mid uh, mid to late nineties. That's uh, we'd uh, close down the coffee shop I worked at and go drink uh, go drink Guinness and McGurk's, and you know back in back in that day it was still like three and a quarter a pint, and you know it's great for college kids. Um, and yes, that was always such a great time. But oh, there, yeah, the Twitter is John D McGurk. <laughs> is this? This, this is a this is a joke, right? Adrian Dater tweeted earlier today that the Colorado Avalanche will no longer have morning skates. That's a joke, right? Who did that? Who's it? Who tweeted it? Adrian Dater. They're all. It's he's not their beat writer anymore, but he used to be. Right. He got a uh, uh, he got canned over a uh, sexual <laughs> harassment thing. Yes, he did, and that was bad. Uh, let's see. Anyway. There we go. So are we gonna talk some avalanche? Uh, no. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I, I think I, I think we've reached our avalanche quota for the day. <laughs> More actually, we've exceeded it. Um, anything that uh, gives Presta cronky, and I'll uh, no thanks. Uh, we can do uh, today in blues history. Let's Courtesy do that. The, All right, we will. Courtesy of the at STL Blues History Twitter account. January 25th, 1967. St. Louis Blues announced season ticket prices for the inaugural season. You guys want to hear uh, what it costs for season tickets? I would love to. 1967? Uh, you could buy uh, season tickets for $92.50. And, uh, and that, that was for the $2.50 seats. <laughs> and you could, and better seats, you could, if you wanted to get nicer seats, it'd be $111. And $148. And then for the really nice seats, $222 for season tickets. Hmm. That's pretty expensive. And now, yeah, yeah. Considering now you can pay, what, $222 and not even be at the glass? That's insane. Yeah. Oh, you, can pay, you can't pay $222 for season tickets. Now. No, you, no I'm saying one game. Oh, one, one game. Yeah, oh, a playoff game maybe. Yeah. No, the regular season. I think the, uh, the the price for on the glass is three hundred bucks. Oh, yes, no, I don't. I don't. I, <laughs> I'm not a big. I'm not a big fan of paying a lot for tickets. I, I've probably talked about that before. I, I can't. I can't bring myself to pay a ton of money for tickets for a sporting event when the <laughs> when the when the when the at home presentation is is really good. Guys, I don't know if you see, but uh, Eugene so. Levy has joined us. Oh. Eugene Lefty. <laughs> uh, we know it's a lock behind that nose. 
<laughs> uh, just waiting for the waiting for the waiver claim. That's all. Ah. <laughs> uh. Uh, 1991, January 25th, 1991. Brett Hall scored his 50th goal of the season in his 49th game in a 9-4 win versus the Detroit Red Wings, beating rookie goalie Dave Gagnon. 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 Gagnon, I believe. Gagnon. Which was the first NHL goal given up in his career. And not the last. And not, no, not, not the last. Ah. Uh. 2002, January 25th. Ken Hitchcock. This is interesting. Ken Hitchcock was fired as head coach of the Dallas Stars. Rick Wilson named interim head coach, and Doug Armstrong was named GM. On this date, 2002. I got one uh, point. It's hard to talk through this nose. Breathe through your breathe through your mouth. Okay. Okay. Breathe, hey, breathe just, through your ears. Hey, real quick now, you guys. Uh, when was Gordy Howe's last? NHL All-Star Game. What year? 2012. 84. Oh, 1980. Say 80. Oh, crud. Oh, sorry. you let me guess for real. Oh, sorry. I was going to say like 87. Oh, you were way off. I heard the answer was 1980. That's correct. And how old was Gordie Howe when he played in his last All-Star Game, which was also somebody else's first All-Star Game? Somebody 114. Right. He, was, he, was, he was 50, 51, and 52, it was crud. 52. Yeah. 52. Yeah. Bill Day again. Right. Bill Day again. He was 51, right? He was 51 years and 10 months. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And uh, now whose first game was it? Gretzky. There you go. And for the bonus round, who called the game? On Dan TV. Kelly. Dan Kelly. Got it. There we go. Wasn't I just watched TV? I just watched that game like uh, about a month ago. <laughs> wasn't it's, it on TV just wasn't on TV yeah, tonight? Uh, it's, it's always on NHL. Yeah. I'm going well, back to 1980. What year? Hmm. I think it was. I think it was just on TV tonight. Again. I think mm. you're right. <laughs> of course, I'm yeah. Right. NHL Network uh, was uh, was playing uh, pre-programmed stuff rather than NHL tonight. Can you guys tell what I'm doing besides trying to get attention again? Um. Masturbating. Yeah, you aptly pointed Whoa. out definitely before, Kurt. You you called me something <laughs> last time I was seeking attention. But anyway. Oh, attention horror? Was that what I think that's what you called me? I was like in shock. I'm like, if that's what I am, I'm quitting this. Oh well, I mean, yeah, I call him to see him. The reason I'm if doing it, this it looks tonight is like attention horror. The, I'm doing this because I feel like I have a credibility issue and I'm just trying to find ways to up my credibility. You know, in this you think, industry, you think that's upping your credibility? <laughs> well, <laughs> as a parody website, I guess maybe. Jeff, let, let, let him go. Let him go. He's, oh, sorry. He's, he's he's got a thing going. Hey, uh, I don't know if you guys saw the drop. Just tried to join us, but they dropped out. Oh, they officially mm -hmm. dropped out. Mm -hmm. Living up to their name. Mm -hmm. So, so before we get too into things, uh, Twitter handles, everybody. If you guys want to follow Bill, it's at Billy Blue Note. Jeff, it's uh, at J Ponder ninety four. Who's Jeff? He's hiding. Who is that guy? I can't even see him. Uh, well, the ninety four, by the way, is for this episode. I'm going to change it with every episode. <laughs> That's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> yeah. And uh, Nick is at Toast Dispatch, who uh, runs the uh, co-runs. 
the Toast Dispatch website and uh, podcast. And I think uh, Lance, I guess, is trying to join us here. Lance, are you there with us? Yes, I'm here. Oh, Lance, there he sir. is. How are you, sir? Not too bad. How's everybody doing tonight? Hey, Lance. We're hey, here. Guys. Lance from the uh, Drop Podcast has joined us. And you're, you're, uh, while we're introducing Twitter handles, yours is at official the drop, correct? Uh, yes, it is. And one big question to go along with Nick's. Do we think that um, Yarmir Yager will play 26 seasons in the NHL or will he retire before that? Or will he still be uh, playing when he goes into a nursing home? Hey, only I can hijack the show. Cut it out. <laughs> <laughs> what What year is he at now? Um, is it, let's see, he's 45 okay. or 44? Right. Remember, he he said he was long. playing until he said, well, he went to the K. But oh, he went to the K, yeah. He said he wants to play until he's 50 at least. So, why? Yeah, why? Man, that's it. Because <laughs> he wants to keep uh, adding those goals so it looks better. <laughs> oh, my. Um, yeah, I mean, he's he's never going to catch Gretzky, but no, he won't catch Gretzky. In all honesty, he shouldn't have caught Hall, Brett Hall, because you know, I, I like him as a player, but if you noticed in the last two seasons when it comes to the playoffs, he's nowhere to be found. It's because the game speeds up and he's just not as fast as he used to be. And, hey, you know, at 45, I'm not as fast as I was when I was 22. So, you know. I think I'm faster. Are you? Wow. I'm, I'm 42, though, so I got a few years yet. I urinate. I urinate slower. <laughs> no, I, I, if it, I, if it all, see, I, don't, I don't urinate at all. My body runs at peak efficiency where I use everything I take in and nothing leaves my body. Wow, that's amazing. <laughs> that's that works impressive. It's a sad uh, sex life, Kurt. Anyway, <laughs> it's very safe sex life. Anyway, um, we've got. Uh, you want to talk Shattenkirk trade rumors? They've been going on forever. Everybody, uh, every once in a while, somebody writes a uh, an article about uh, who who could use Shattenkirk, and there's never anything solid about it. It's all speculation. No, isn't it, it, isn't it every day? What's that, Bill? Bill. Bill, we lose you? It's the hockey news that's writing that article. Yeah. 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 I see. Yeah. Yeah. Can you hear me? I can hear yes. you now. Yes. Um, okay. right. So I, here's what I think. Uh, Shattenkirk, Berglund, and a third for Rick Nash. Get it done. Oh, ugly. I don't want. I don't. <laughs> I don't want Rick Nash. That old man. Woo, man! You guys can't, really got fired up there. Can't afford Rick. You gotta Nash. remember that you can never take me seriously. Come on. What did I miss? They took me seriously. Oh. <laughs> did you say something? mistake number one? <laughs> yes. <laughs> the only time I take you seriously, Jeff, is when you talk about how much you love uh, Jay Bowmeister. So. That's the only time I took you. I do. I do love Jay Bowmeister. He's a wonderful man. Just a, not a very good hockey player. <laughs> For what he's paid. There you go. For what he's paid. I think he's. I that, think he'd be fine right. if he yes. made. Right. He's, he's made still a, an NHL caliber defenseman. Yeah. If he made he about a, make a, <laughs> I was, I was going to say he would make a great first captain of the Vegas Golden Knights. Yes, yeah, I was would. thinking the exact same thing. Are they going to pay his salary? Uh, maybe. Uh, no. no. They might. The only way they would is if they, they take a lot of young guys and a lot of guys not making money, and they're like, oh, man, we really got to take someone who's kind of hefty in price tag so we can get to the cap floor. 
That's the only way they yeah, take and them. I'm, yeah. I'm thinking that the way they're going to draft and the way they're going to sign players is they're going to go for goalie and defense first because if you've got a good goalie and you've got at least two good defensemen, you can at least be competitive. So they're going to be looking for a defenseman, but not somebody Bo Meester's age and not at that price. If he was making – you know, one and a half million a year, one point eight. I'm sure they would take uh, a run at him. If but, he's making the one and a half, I want to keep him. Yeah, I'm happy too. <laughs> but you know, they better protect him at that price. Yeah, yeah the, the kind of money he's making, I can't see anybody touching that with a ten foot pole. Um, you know, one thing that you just mentioned that's very going to be very interesting. They are going to get a hell of a goalie. Yeah, they are. They're going to yep. get at least one really good yep. top fifteen goalie. Yeah, they will. Who will? Why can't why can't we get one? Vegas. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, we got Carter Hutton, man. Can we can we do this expansion draft thing? <laughs> who's who's? Oh, I'm gonna say it. Uh, well, I, I'll, I, keep, I, I'll keep the show clean. Yeah, I, I I keep uh, you know, hearing that uh, they they want Flurry from the Penguins, but in my mind. You know, he's got two years left on that contract. Or what is it, 11, 12 million? They're not, they're not getting him anyway. He's got, not, a, he's got a no-movement clause. Yeah. I mean, they're not going to get Which him. Which means one. he can still be moved with his permission. Yeah, but that's too much. He's money. not going to go. I don't think he's going to Vegas. He wouldn't. No, I wouldn't, no, I wouldn't think is so. Is there any chance that he, you guys – He'd want to go to another championship-level team. Yeah. Does anybody think that maybe we just need to sit tight uh, with and hold on to Shattenkirk, make our little run this no. year, if we can make it in the playoffs, with it in mind that there's a possibility what's going on with the team – is more of a, a reflect of a reflection of Hitchcock, uh, beating the drum, a little too negative, uh, pounding they're, the team. The locker uh, room's getting tired of it, and they're tired of the system. And and it's do, it's more Nick, on the coaching. Do side. you so, do you think they're going to resign him in the offseason? Are they they're going to like trade make move free up salary to trade Shattenkirk, or are they going to let him go? You know, if they don't move him, do you think they would resign him in the offseason? I think if they, they can make, if they can make I, I just well, think it's hard to have a guy that can – if the league think, keeps moving towards offense and he moves the puck and he can score and he quarterbacks the power play, our dozen quarterback, he certainly is an integral part of the power play. I, I think that he's not a piece necessarily you move just because he's, he's, he's moved – he's at that position where, you know, it's a discussion about his contract and will he be resigned. It seems like whenever a player gets put in that position, will he be resigned? All of a sudden it's like, no, we don't resign him. Who are we going to get? I, I think maybe you keep him. Well, See, I think it, I I was going to say I think it's it's kind of a function of whether or not Doug Armstrong's you know it, the the long term plan is for Doug Armstrong to be the GM of this team. If if Armstrong's back, he's and knows he's back, he's going to deal Shattenkirk because he can't he can't take losing another another guy for nothing like he did right. with Backus and Brower. That's exactly right. And if you guys look at it. They're saying he's going to want between six and a half and seven point eight million a year for six to eight years. If you look at the blue salaries over the next four to five years, I don't really think they got the money to do that. If they do that, it's going to really hinder what they can do. And you're going to have some good players at the top, and then you're going to have a bunch of and nothing against Scotty Upshaw. He's a good fourth line player, but you're going to have a lot of guys at two million dollars, one and a half million dollars a year, you know, in that range if you sign him to that type of contract. I love Shattenkirk. But you cannot, as Bill said, let him go like you did David Backus because they knew they weren't going to sign Backus. And instead of getting something for him, they let him go. I would trade him in a heartbeat if somebody offered me enough for him. 
Is there right. a chance, though, that that's an assumption that's not 100% correct, that that if somehow we get top-heavy on contracts with players that are skilled <laughs> and part of the team for a while, uh, part of a core, isn't it just an assumption that somehow that's a negative? When if we look around the league, aren't there teams that have two or three really good players? I mean, isn't Chicago an example of they got you know way over the cap, and yet they've got a well, core group of guys that are really good at they play playing well? They are. Let's look at yeah. Let's look at our salaries. We've got Tarasenko locked up. Great. We've got Stasny uh, this year, next year. Tarasenko's at eight million this year, seven million next year. Uh, Stasny's seven million. Uh, Steen uh, six and a half this year, seven next year. Uh, Swartz is five point two, five and a half next year. So I mean, we've got Latera is four. And what about Bowman? Uh, and a half, four, seven. Right. And uh, Petrangelo, Petrangelo, seven million this year and forever. Uh, Bowmeister is at five point six this year. Yeah. So, I mean, we've right. got a lot of sellers already. Right. And, and I think the, you know, a lot of the conversation this week has been that that conversation about Chad and Kirk coming back stops and ends with the fact that unless Armstrong can somehow find a sucker to unload the Bowmeister and Laterra contracts, <laughs> we can't afford it. I, I love what Ponder said last week. Wave Laterra. Yeah. Well, uh, I, I think never that, that, is, that it'll never happen. I think I think that's as likely as happening as the Blues trading Jake Allen for Brian Elliott. That, well, that, waving that, him that is literally waving him will be fantastic. I, 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 no one's going to take him. Well, that would be well, fantastic. It, it that not, is literally Armstrong admitting that he made a mistake. Yeah, and he would he never like do, do that. that. No, I, I, well, no GM would. It's not just I do it. Oh, why not? Well, well you, you, just because you don't want to make a mistake, I think I think that'd be I'd be that'd be fantastic. That'd be well, the I fans agree. would love it. Here's my thing: if you can't get rid of him, which you know he's not, we're not going to be able to. They're probably not going to waive him because of Armstrong. Why not let him available for the Golden Knights? Because I've actually talked to two different podcasts, and they actually have him as one of the players the Blues are not going to protect. Latera, they're not. I don't think they take him personally. I think. The player that they are going to take, no matter what happens this season, is going to be Nail Yakubov. Could be. I think that's the guy they're going to look at him and they're going to say, that guy has the most potential. And low money. And we need low money and we need someone who can come right in, have a little bit of star power. We can we can push the first overall pick thing still to get people in the building. And I, I honestly think it's going to be Yakubov. Because you know the Blues aren't going to protect him either. Nah. Right. Right. <clears throat> okay. So, second beer alert. It's the uh, right. Coney, Coney Island root beer time. Just, just to let you know. Okay. Carry on. I might have to get third beer here in a minute. But uh, <laughs> so, so while we're while we're on the subject of Shattenkirk, I say let's do a quick roundtable vote of this latest hockey news uh, top five Kevin Shattenkirk trade destinations clickbait gallery. <laughs> so what uh the hockey news is saying uh the number five the blues and the toronto maple leafs hook up and coming back this way possibly is james van reemsdyke do you take that deal you know what's yes. funny though real quick is that whenever there's a, a big name player out there the maple leafs are always mentioned they are oh, yeah, every always. time Every time. 
Right, because so every writer is, that's right, every writer that's writing is based in Toronto. Yeah. Hey, yeah. our team needs this guy. We're the, the, the Canadians are starting to get to that point too. Canadians and Rangers are like right behind the Maple Leafs, but it's always yeah. the Maple Leafs. It's always the Maple Leafs. Yeah. All right. So Van Riemsdyk, do you, do you do that trade? I vote yes. And the only reason I vote yes is because I don't think you're going to get much more because Armstrong sat on his hands too much. I would I, I would do it, but I would want like a third or fourth with it. In all honesty, I would do it if it, that. And 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 just as uh, Jeff said, you know, this is going to fall on uh, on um, Armstrong because he should have done this a lot quicker, and he's going to have to take what he can take or what he can get. Yeah, I think that's the issue. Is that that they're at this point? It's like you just have to get something in return because you're not going to resign him. No. And every yeah. team knows it. Every team knows he's in that position. See, I, well, Rimzak uh, is a winger. He's a left winger. Yeah, I, yeah. I think uh, it'd be nice if we could, tr- if it'd be nice if we could pull off a center trade. That's where yeah. we're weak. There's a guy in Detroit named Steve Ott that I think the Blues should look into. <laughs> yeah, <I could. laughs> Would you stop your God. love of Steve Ott, there, Mister Ponder? <laughs> oh my goodness, that's all we hear. <laughs> all right, what about you, Nick? What do you think? Do you take it? Uh, I'm with you guys. <laughs> you know, I, I I would I would take it, but I'm in, I'm in, I'm, I'm in, with you fellers. I'm with you fellas, uh, friend. I believe your folding money's come unstowed. <laughs> um, I, I I'm with I'm with I'm with Lance. I would do it, but I want I want to pick with it. I mean, I want something. I want I want a prospect too. Hey, you guys, I want to make this perfectly clear. We're all on the same team. You're not supposed to expose me, all right? <laughs> gotcha. Expose me. I, I was right as you guys. You right as you said it. I was typing in James Van Rees Ram Van Ram Beams Dyke. Yeah, I was typing it in, and I'm like, okay, Nick, look up as much as you can. So you know what you're talking about. Nick, you're I'm like, yeah. I'm like James Van Reams Dyke, born in uh, Ontario. You don't need us to expose yourself. I'm, yeah, I uh, I don't know, I. I like I like Van Van Riemsdyk's size, but you know he's, you know he, he would be a a net front presence guy, but not that good on the defensive end. So I not not my favorite one of these. Um, the next one uh, for those of you talking about uh, you know you want a little bit more than the one for one, um, Boston and uh, Ryan Spooner. Who can't get past the third uh, third line in Boston uh, center, and then uh, if they throw in Jacob Zaboro, no, no, I, I would I would say no with Jeff because I honestly don't think that Spooner is going to be much more than a second or at the best a, a, a third line center. I think he's okay, but I don't see him being something that would be permanent for the future for the blues to build on and they need somebody that can play now. And, uh, you know, I don't know about Jacob or not, but you know, he's okay, but I, I wouldn't do it. I would not. Do it. The only reason I say no. And, and it's just, I, I, even though I said yes to James Reeves, like, I think they could get a little more than that, Yeah. but I would, the only reason I would say yes is I've heard from people in Boston Spooner's really worked on his defensive game. And I think the Blues could really use a defensive center. But having said that, I don't think that's enough for Shattenkirk. No, I agree. I'm with you, fellas. <laughs> so so far, we not so far on the first two choices. We're not getting enough for Shattenkirk. Is that correct? I mean, that's the overall consensus. That Unless seems they can like get it. more picks. 
Well, I, and that's going to be, I mean, that's always, I mean. So at what point, at what point do you, do you say we're not going to get enough for him and we should resign him or attempt? I, I, I don't have any point in saying resign him because they can't afford yeah. him. I, 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 I think it's I think it's a foregone conclusion that he is he is not going to be on this team. It'd, it'd be great deadline. if we can afford him. It'd be great if we yeah. can afford him. I, but but I think it's I think it's common knowledge so, that we can't. And we're not going to resign him. I know, but if you go down that road just one more time, so just tell me, is somebody trying to learn? Then let's say so. You're saying then that the bottom line is that for that position for the team, the amount that they've set aside for a defenseman, you feel like what is it a million dollars away? Is it two million away? Are we? Is it that he's making tight? right? He's making four and a quarter now, right? Yeah, and he he's no, he's making uh he's making five point two, uh, five point two, and he's gonna be making over four seven and a quarter on the yeah. salary cap hit. So yeah, so, so making it, two million plus raise something like that. Yeah. Um, okay, yeah. so that you're saying right there that that two million it can't be found somewhere else. It won't come. It won't open up next year in he's, any way, shape, he's, or form. But he's he's not going to sign for six million, and he's going to want his agents already saying he wants six to eight years. The Blues yeah. cannot give him around seven million dollars a year or more for six to eight right. years. They just I'm sorry. Okay, but I, but then, let me ask this question. Because here's um, let me. Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, let me point out that the I think the opportunity cost of signing Shattenkirk long term is Colton Pareko yep. out of the entry level contract. Yep, I agree. Yeah. Okay, so then is there any chance that the uh, that the that the that the contract is structured in such a way that the cap hit is it? How is it set up in the NHL? Is there it's is a, there a percentage? Average. It's, it's average. Average. Okay, so. It's, Okay, it's, so it always has to. They can't uh, front load it or back load it like they used to. Is the bottom line? They right? can. They can, they can kind of, but the 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 it's be a certain percentage. The salary cap hit's going to be an average for the of the entire contract. So the the the, the front loading and back loading, you can do that to a certain extent, but it has to be what within fifteen percent each year. It has to be within fifteen yeah. percent of each other. Yeah. yeah, they've cracked down on it. Yeah. You're right, right. That's what I thought. I figured it must they, be a percentage they've cracked right. down because of Chicago. So and because and Detroit, of Minnesota, Detroit, Detroit did it too. Well, I'm just going to throw this out. I mean, they, I'm just saying if they could, if if they could make it work, I just think they should keep Shattenkirk. And everybody says whether well, or not, and they can't make it work. But I just think that whole mentality and approaching it and saying they can't, I think, is an integral part of the team. Well, and he's I, mean, I think Shattenkirk's 26 years old. If they keep Bowmeister, there's absolutely no. no way they can work it out. That's exactly. If they right. don't keep Bowmeister, I think Shattenkirk still is wanting to leave because his name has been in trade talks for two years. Obviously, money yeah. talks. They hey, offer well, him a contract; he's he's going to take it. But well, let's throw this out. Maybe he he, hang on, hang on. If he's if he's offered a contract by the New York Rangers at the exact same price the Blues are offering him, <laughs> I think he takes the Rangers. Yep, he does. And so then the bottom line is we'd have nothing left, right? We get nothing for him. It'd be all over, right? If we mm -hmm. keep if we keep right. him, don't trade him, right? Right. Right. So um hmm. I right. think I, I think so, that I think you'll find that if you look at what teams successful teams do, they don't continue to let uh quality free agents just walk for nothing. Mm -hmm. You look in baseball terms, look at the Cardinals. The Cardinals don't just let guys walk left and right. They they get rid of guys, they they trade guys, they move guys, they they replace guys, so they, well, they think, keep the well, pipeline think, going. Well, I think a great question to ask then is if we go down that road, and we say we're going to trade him, and chances are we're not going to get enough. That means we're going to get uh, hopefully high high draft uh, high round draft picks. Then I would say, what does the draft look like for 2018? 
our 2000, the summer's 2017, what does it look like? And if it looks strong, maybe that is a good road to take. I don't know. I, we wouldn't, I, I don't think we get a, well, what, what do you want to get? You want to get like yeah. just draft picks? Like a, I'm I just think wondering you, how it's looking this year. If there's anybody that, if there's top guys that are can't miss guys or something. Or, well, we, I don't think yeah, we this, this year, this year's a weak draft yeah. compared to the last couple of there's, years. There's uh, the top one guy. The top guy is, is apparently the, a great player beyond him. I know the top five are decent. Are you talking about Addison? You're talking about Addison? Talking about uh, Nolan, Nolan Patrick. Patrick. He's this year. Okay. Yeah. yeah, now we're talking about the strength of any organization, which is really, really good scouting. Hopefully our scouting has the eye. You know, if they go down this road, hopefully there's some uh, a guy they're looking at that they, they're hoping they could move up on or, or just uh, if they traded Shattenkirk and they could get a couple more picks that put them in a better position to, to have a higher percentage of getting that guy they want in the first round. Maybe that'll happen, and uh, maybe that'll all turn to turn into a positive over the next five years for the Blues. But you know, I guess I guess if they, I guess the Blues could roll the dice, right? They could roll the dice and keep Shattenkirk, and then maybe Bowmeister gets claimed by Las Vegas. The slim chance that he does. Didn't then we, then did, you've got to uh, then you been. might be able to maybe keep him, maybe right. Did, Maybe is, is Bo Meester like? Do we have to protect him though? Does does he have a no movement? No, no, I don't think he. Has I think he has a no trade, doesn't yeah, he? He's, yeah, he's got a lock. Yeah. There's a lock on him. There's a not, no trade, not, not, not a movement. Yeah, no trade, not new movement. Yeah. So yeah. they can they can expose him. Shattenkirk's 26 years old, and it's not easy to find a puck moving defenseman that can play. Well, in the I, I, think, no. I think what it comes down no, to but, is what everybody also, here is saying. Bill and Jeff and Kurt and myself is we'd love to have him back. What it, oh yeah? At what price does it do to your future, such as a player like Colton Pareko? Well, right. let me throw this out real quick. And just what, last what he can bring for a while. Assets. One last yeah. thing. I'll be one last thing. I'll be quiet for a while. Is that I think there's an outside chance, especially if the team tanks after the All Star break. If they tank, I think there's an outside chance that Hitchcock is gone. And if Hitchcock is gone, then the GM is going to go with them. They've been a pair for a long time. Everything yep. that's happened, those guys have been doing together, and they're a team. If he, they'll both go, if they both go, I think that the lock and locker room will freshen up, the attitude will freshen up, the, the game will change, and it'll be it'll be really good for a lot of guys. I think Shattenkirk would want to stay. I think part of what's happening is that some of the players are just getting tired of the crap. Because I heard la- I heard yesterday, I heard uh, I heard Cam Jansen talking to Scott Gomez. Scott Gomez played with Hitchcock, got kicked off the team by Hitchcock, and openly said. Hitchcock is is basically, you know, he's just hammering the team too hard. He's just too negative on the guys. One mistake, and he gets all over them. The rookies, he just he ties their hands and their skates together. So let's do this. Let's do this. Um, okay, Nick, we'll close this out. What do you, th- in the closing for this whole Shattenkirk thing, uh, Nick, what's going to happen? You tell me what's going to happen, what you think is going to happen with Shattenkirk. What's uh, gonna traded. Ha- what's going to happen? Keep- okay. Or what's going to okay. happen? Is- leave, leave you for agency. Are we going to resign him or is he going to be traded? What's going to happen is, is Doug Armstrong is going to have the final say with Hitch in his court and, uh, and Shattenkirk will be gone. And you can, you can pile up 20 other, you can pile up five, five to seven to eight other trades in the last two or three years where we've just simply lost out. Look at the line of guys that have fallen just to get Allen where he's at. Uh, starting with uh, Bishop, Halak, 
uh, Elliot. How many goalies had to just get buried? And I'm, I'm forgetting somebody. There's somebody else in real important just before uh, Bishop. You're they, Halak. Yeah, but before Halak, it got pushed out of the way. <laughs> How can you? Like, How can you forget yourself? I know. I'm not talking about Mason, when you think right? of Doug Armstrong and everything he's done to the team in a negative way, and he's done positive things, but the negative things that he has done and the effect that that has on the team now and in the future is 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 really piling up, and he's exposing himself. Allen's the last one that's truly exposing him. True. And it's just. It's this is uh I think it ultimately he's gone. Shake chat and Kirk will be gone like you guys say. Yeah. All right. So real quick, we'll just quick votes on the the remaining three teams. Um so would you do Shattenkirk for Bishop straight up? No. No. You know uh uh, uh no and uh Andrew, Dan, Bu- Dan Buffalo would say no too if you saw his article. <laughs> yeah. Yes, because well, you always got to have a great goal center to, to go far. And, and his proven record in the playoffs, which he's about, he's got another, he's got like 300 plus, he's got at least 50 games on uh, Allen in the playoffs. And his performance in the playoffs as a goalie, Bishop, where it counts the most, is really, really strong. He's young, and you could ride a goalie like that for the next 10 years and or five years and have a solid, solid, solid yeah, goalie. Yeah, he's, he's good, but he's got an injury history just like Allen. Right. I would I would not take him. He's been injured way too much in the last two or three years. I love him as a goaltender. I wish the Blues wouldn't have uh, you know parted ways with him, but um, I just think he's injured too much. You can't count on him. Yeah, the that the injury downside, and the only way that that happens is if uh, there's a new GM in place, sure. you know, to to make the Shattenkirk move, and uh, you know, one who is not married to Jake Allen being the. The next one, as far as goaltenders go. Um, okay, so then uh, would you do Shattenkirk for Jordan Everly? Oh, how do you spell that? E B E R L E. You know what? Sure. I think I would. I would do that. The Blues need goals. Straight up. Straight up. Yep, I'd straight up. I'd do it straight up. Yep. They don't need yeah. goals. They need a new system. They yeah, got I, scores. I, I, and I, I, you know, looking at it from an odds perspective, I'd say, you know, uh, making a, uh, a deal for a for former first-round pick from the Oilers, um, if you can get two of those, uh, maybe one of them, the change of scenery <laughs> scenario plays out. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I'd say you got to get something. Everly wouldn't be bad. I'll take dry uh, saddle. I'll take dry saddle too. Yeah. If you could get dry (laughs) saddle, (laughs) I would do that. You guys, who's Danielle? I want to say, I I want to say, I think Nick's Nick's bringing Nick's bringing the passion tonight. I like it. He is, man. He's Uh, passionate. I get pumped up. (laughs) I I get pumped up when Jeff's on the air. You get pumped up when you wear the nose. That's what it is. Your Groucho Marks. Uh, You know, that's that's better than Eugene Levy. That's a good call. Um, I would say uh, Everly for sure. I mean, the guys. Yeah, it was 2011-2012, but guy had a 70-point season. Yeah. You know, I mean, Blues could really use that type of scoring from the wing uh, to complement Tarasenko. All right. Finally, Shattenkirk for J.T. Miller, New York Rangers. Shattenkirk not to Yeah, not to be confused with T.J. Miller, the (laughs) comedian. Star of... Uh, Silicon Valley and Deadpool. 
<laughs> Are you sure you wouldn't trade I, for him? <laughs> oh, I if it was I like, Tony Miller, I would totally <laughs> trade for him. Uh, the mural probably, they did of TJ Miller in Silicon Valley, <laughs> I, I would make that trade. As a as a fan of the show, I want to interject real quick that I'm always impressed by you guys. How do you know all these guys? How do you know all these players so well? I mean, I don't I I know these names, NH- but I don't watch them. NH- NHL the 17. Package. <laughs> yeah. It's called Center Ice. <laughs> He's got a 92 rating. I gotta go with him. <laughs> wow. Um, yeah, you know, I, I would probably go with, I like JT Miller actually speed up the center the blues can really use. Um, but, uh, I think I need a little more. I probably, whoever was that said earlier that they'd want some draft picks in that trade. That's how I'd feel with this one. Yeah. I take Miller for Shattenkirk, but there has to be a, uh, at least a draft pick or two involved in there. Yeah. I would take, I would take Miller in a second or a third. You guys, who's the turtle with the suitcase on top of it? I'm not. Oh yeah, we got a uh, Daniel Begley. Daniel. Assuming that's the name that's uh, is attached to the person on the show. Daniel, are you? Can you hear us? Well, hello. How are you guys? Good. How are you? I'm doing all right. Uh, I saw your guys' post and I decided to come join you. Awesome. Cool. Um, we were just wrapping up our Shattenkirk talk. Uh, yeah. Trade rumor talk. Yeah, I've I've been watching a little bit. Um, I got a question for you guys. I've been hearing a lot of talk, and I know it's a really long shot, but what do you guys think about Shattenkirk and maybe somebody like Schwartz for Matt Deshane? Do you think it's possible? In in an unrealistic world, do you think it's possible? You know, I I actually think it is possible in a realistic world. Um, I don't think it's going to happen. I think that's such a crazy move for both sides, but um, I think realistically – you, uh, I think you could make that trade. I, again, I think Shattenkirk, they would, you know, probably ask for uh, permission to talk to him first, get him to resign because obviously the, the Avalanche can win every game this year and still not make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I think that is a uh, honestly a, a trade that would work. Um, I don't know about the salaries; I'd have to look at that, but. Uh, I could honestly see that being a good trade for both sides. I just don't, I don't know if that would ever be worked out because it's a very risky move for both sides. Yeah. I've been seeing that they want to, uh, that I, I saw that he was willing to go to avalanche, but I don't know if he's actually going to go to the avalanche. You know, he's got so many options and money talks. Yeah. So he, sure. I mean, so he, where would you plug him in? If we got him, would you plug him in as a number one center? I don't think he's that guy. Do you think I don't, I don't know if I'd put him at number one, but I definitely put him with Tarasenko. I think he needs somebody better than Latera. Can the Blues just just give Latera away in that trade? <laughs> yeah, it's like, like a throw-in. Like, just take this guy, please. Yeah, package him in for free. We don't need him. <laughs> don't need him. I think that 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 uh, harks harpens back to uh, uh, Ponders last week's on the show. He wanted to just wave Latera, so someone could have him for for nothing. They just take <laughs> take a salary. Yeah. And no, no I, I think I, I actually like that trade. I, I like it because I like Schwartz. It's just, I think the team desperately needs another center. Yeah. And if you could somehow convince Hitchcock to split up with Tara and Tarasenko, put Stastny with Tarasenko, yes. and then you got Duchesne on the, Duchenne on the second line. I think that's a very good offense and a huge improvement to your team. Yeah. Because when they went out and got Stastny, didn't Hitchcock say, 
we're going to put him on the line with Tarasenko. And they, they did that for about five yeah, minutes. For about five but, minutes. Yeah. And, then he's, and then he's done it like two or three times since then for maybe one shift. Uh, I think that would be great. I would, I would love to have Duchenne. I think he's do, a great player. Do you know how I want to, who I want to see? Um, what about moving Piranha center and putting him on Tarasenko's line? I love it. I like it. That sounds awesome. I, I I'm like open it. to it. I would, I would, I don't do that for a, for a 10, 10, 12 games. I would at love this to point, see that. I would, I would take Bo Meester and put him at center over Latera. <laughs> <laughs> Literally anybody over Latera. <laughs> yeah. hey, guys, I'm getting, I'm getting a little nostalgic here, and this is, Uh-oh. you know, yes, I'm getting a little nostalgic. I'm thinking back just a few years ago, and I know this isn't realistic, but is there an outside chance we could get a, a center with a last name that begins with L, so we could get that dang STL line back together? Would, wouldn't that be sweet? STL line? If we could find it, no. Not, no. Not, as um, not a priority. If we could find somebody that has the L and somehow the world works out perfectly, we could somehow get John Tavares. <laughs> or that's how you pronounce his last name? John John Le Tavares. It's right. <laughs> Le Tavares. What we'll changed his last name? Well, that could work. I wouldn't mind seeing that again. Yes, now you got me mind. thinking of now you got me thinking of centers that uh start with starting with an L. <laughs> what was, was Rob Zeller? Was Rob Langway a center? No, he was a was defenseman. What was LaPointe? Ah. Was LaPointe a center? No, he was, a, he was, was a, a left winger. wing, I believe. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. What about Blair Chapman? Was he a left winger? Who? Do you remember Blair Chapman from the 80s, a Blues player? Uh, yeah. yeah. There's no L there, though. There's, there's no L. That's yeah. the only no, one. You need the L. <laughs> if, if, we're not, if we're not going L's, hey. I'll go O's. Let's, go. Hey. <laughs> Let's get out of O's. I was trying to make a joke of it since we're just talking about anybody. I thought I would just throw somebody in there. So. Oh, okay. <laughs> Stefan LeBeau, Montreal Canadiens. Uh, wow. yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. The Mighty Ducks of Anaheim. He was Curtis Anaheim. LeCision. He mm-hmm. was defenseman. Yes, I know. Come on, stick to centers. Doug Lidster. <laughs> I, I think we had I had him. Th- this is this is the way it's going to go down, and this is the last. The, and I'll have I'll have the last word here, so we can move on. Um, the Shattenkirk is going to get moved. He's going to get traded, and it's not going to be for enough. I agree. Boom. There you go. Yeah, I don't see him. I don't see us getting enough value out of him. Thank you, Doug Armstrong. Because we waited too long. Well, yeah. Thanks, Army. How about Pat LaFontaine? Hey, hey that's go. a good one. Go. Perfect. There we go. L center. Good. Done. Yep. Um, Kirkwood boy. Yes. Yeah. Next. Was it Kirkwood? Really? Yeah. Yep. I knew he was uh, St. Louis. Okay. Um, so next item on the list to knock off is uh, Jake Allen's mental break <laughs> that he was uh, uh, required to take. Uh, whose season has been spiraling out of control. He is the pretty much the worst starting goaltender in the NHL. So uh, Hitchcock told him to stay home, and he didn't travel with the team to Winnipeg. Um, Hitchcock said he has seen this mental issue with goalies twice in his career before. They mishandled it the first time that he experienced it, but uh, learned from that mistake, and it worked the second time. So they are trying it again. You know, you uh, know this reminds me of anyone, of anyone here. Does anyone in the show ever watch Friends? Yes. I did okay. back when it was on, yeah. Okay, so there's a there's a, a series of episodes where Ross uh, has a mental breakdown. Yes. Screams at his boss about a sandwich, mm-hmm. and because um, he ate his he ate his lunch, <laughs> and um, he freaks out and screams at him about eating his sandwich. 
That's what I picture with Jake Allen here because he had to take a leave of absence. I just picture him walking in being like – Opening the refrigerator. God damn it. He no, not even that. Room. I was, I, I was going to say he, he walking in going, you're giving Carter Hutton my crease? My crease? My crease? That's Here's what it. I, that's Here's an interesting deal. thought. That could be what's. It could be more so how he's reacting to Hitch as opposed to what Hitch is doing to him. Well, I didn't he, think he, about that. Here's my question. Did you notice when the first game they set him that Hitchcock referred to him as the goalie, did not refer to him as Jake Allen? He said the goalie will be fine. The goalie situation will work its way out. And my. he kept calling Allen the goalie. Not using his name. Not using his name. Go back and listen to that. Here's the deal, though. I don't think anybody on this uh, did. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but did anybody on this show, me, think that Allen was ready to be the number one clear cut guy? Not me. Going into no, this, no. no, no, no. I think so. We a one B, right? Right, and so we all we're all like, okay, I don't think he because I, I I've had numerous conversations on this show mm-hmm. with Bill at games about how I was really uncomfortable with Allen. Uh, and his mental uh, brain fart issues yeah. in goal. He'd allow the stupidest ass goals uh, for whatever makes, reason. Yeah, he makes a great save and then allows the worst goals in the world. Right, right. It's like he's not, it's like he's not paying attention, and that was that that never went away. Nope. And I, and, right. I, and so I, I don't. I, this is just this is just building up to a head, and I don't know why anybody's surprised at this. This has kind of been the way it's been going. This is he's always done this. He's just never been this. Right. It's never been this frequent. So let's let's go back to the 2015 playoffs. Yes. The the Blues and the Mike Yo led uh, minutes exactly. three yes. minutes in the first period of game one. Right. Well, the we so the game the was it? It was right. We so game five. It's a nothing nothing game. The Blues are pouring it on. The Wild come down, get one shot on goal. It goes off Allen's off the you know, the, the cuff of his catching glove into the net. Just completely, completely let them down. Fast forward to the final game of that series. Zach Parise from the goal line throws it on net, goes in. It's that that was what everyone hoped that the putting Brian Elliott, you know, bringing back the tandem of Brian Elliott for the 2015-2016 season was going to give Allen a chance to work on. And then you come back and you go to the, go back to the game against Washington where Burakovsky just throws a weak little wrist shot on that goes in and completely undoes his confidence. And we lose, what was the final of that game? Seven, 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 three, seven, three. three. Yeah. Cool. Just, yeah, it's he, he mentally for whatever reason has does not appear to have gotten any mentally stronger than he was in 2014, 2015. No, I, I, that is a red flag. Yeah. I compare him to Jaime Garcia. Jaime Garcia has all the talent in the world. You can watch him in one game when he pitched for the Cardinals and he's just, you're thinking, man, this guy's got some of the best stuff for a left-hander I've seen. And then the next game he gets behind one to nothing. And then before you know it, it's eight to nothing. And he's just, can we trade Jake Allen to the Braves? I don't know. Maybe we could. Okay, guys, let me, let me throw this out on Allen real quick. Is that, uh, okay, I was a, I was certainly one of the guys at the beginning of the season to say that Allen was not ready to be the number one goalie, and I didn't think he could carry the back load. there, Nick? Yeah. yeah. I, I hope it's still the NHL network. <laughs> I hope it's what's still on back there. I don't think they show anything bad. Okay, so 
<laughs> I was the first one to say that, uh, you know, hey, I don't like this. They can't trade Elliott. This is all wrong. Okay, so the season goes on. Allen's looking pretty good. He looks like he's still progressing as a goalie. Uh, certainly, at times, he still had a couple bad games. But really, he it, to me, it was more of a function of the team the last two weeks. The last no, seriously. Two weeks, what no, are you no, watching? What is it? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a commercial, I guess. Come on, you guys. There's nothing. It's the NHL Network. What can they be showing? You guys got your minds in the gutter. I'm telling you. Now, okay, so looks like so, pucks and sticks to me. Okay, so three weeks ago, the team's tanking it. They're not playing that well. Now, Allen's Allen's not playing that bad. Okay, and he no, he doesn't have a great save percentage. But I'm saying what's happened this year, the last two months has been a function of the team. The te- either the team's attitude, their system, or their skill level, or whatever, which I think it's more attitude and system, which is a f- reflection of coaching. And, and the last week, before they finally just yanked them and said, you need a reset, we're going to hit the reset button on you, they were taking shots like it was an all-star game, which was said by a lot of different people. You, The guys were taking shots from everywhere. Yeah, and but- then the last couple games Allen was in, he did collapse. Mentally, he was like, look, you guys, I'm losing my confidence. I'm getting lit up. Now, then he was, but before that, I think right now, it minus maybe Price in the net or whoever, maybe the best goalie in the league, Bobrowski or somebody, he, he's not uh, – anybody would have got lit up. Well, has- you know, I, 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 would, I would somewhat agree with you, Nick. I think it, it has something to do with the way they've been playing defense. They've been soft on defense. They're checking people with their sticks and not their bodies. But if you watch him with you being a goalie, you notice he is not taking the right angles to a lot of these shots. Toward the end, especially because he was losing it, but but that was a function more so of the team than his ability. And I think Hitch is riding him, and Hitch has made it from the beginning. Hitch does this to all players: you make one mistake, you're in trouble. He doesn't give him any freedom. Well, he he doesn't give him unless you, unless you're a veteran. Yeah, unless unless you're a veteran. veteran. But he even did it to Brett Hall. He was on Brett Hall all the time to play That's my system. Brett play Hall my didn't, system. Didn't back check at all when he got to Dallas. I don't think Brett Hall knew what back checking was. No, he, he didn't. Got. Well, they probably won that despite Hitchcock when uh, when they won it that year. Who knows? But I just well, think that at this point, the voice of Hitchcock is getting too old, and the, and the players need something fresh, and we need a new system. And he's got we got to have somebody that's a little more positive with the players. Well, well, the, whole, the whole thing is Nick. Some of that is true, but I also think that a, a lot of it is that uh, it's not just coaching; it's not just system. Honestly, we said at the beginning of the year, I just don't think this team's that good. No. They don't combine with the team not that as good. Lacking, we we talked about that. They're lacking yep. goal scoring. They're lacking defensive players that that will back check hard. Mm-hmm. You know, you look at the last three years, they've had uh Bacchus, Oshie, and uh Brower. All three of those guys are gone. All those guys were great back checkers that yep. you could put up against the Crosbys and the Ovechkins of the league. They don't oh, have that right now. And I just think so, that they're still trying to play this Hitchcock system, but they don't have the personnel to play it. No, and I, I think all biggest, of us all of us the, picked them fourth in the, the division. And that's the biggest problem with Hitchcock in every situation I've ever seen. The biggest number one problem with Hitchcock is he cannot adapt to his situation he's presented with, be it a playoff team, be it his team, and his own team during the course of a season. He doesn't make changes quickly. He, he can't, very easily. He can't adapt. Right. Yeah. Right. No. So, so we all know that I've been, uh, me especially, I've been ranting against Hitchcock for years. I said after the, you know, after the loss to the wild, he should have been gone. He's the one that came back after a a two week of, you know, two week soul searching period to say, you know, Hey, I figured out what we did wrong. 
and oh, my point back then was I want the coach that doesn't, t- you know, that can figure it out in between periods of a game, yeah. not two weeks after the Scotty season. Scotty Bowman. That was so, right. that was yeah. so funny. Sh- Adjustments. On- <laughs> right. He should right. He should have been gone back then. He's not. He's going to be around, you know. So I and I think this gives us an opportunity to segue into last night's game. The Blues the the points we've made over the last couple of shows the blues are giving up fewer shots per game but they're giving up more goals per game the mm-hmm. defense is is blocking shots about the same rate so what's the difference we don't have that shutdown center in david backs right I, I think that's that's kind of yep. the the consensus that physical presence i think that that was jeff's point last week and i think that makes perfect sense so then look at last night's game the Blues and Game Time pointed this out on Twitter, and it, they were so dead on. The Blues had pressure on the mm-hmm. Penguins constantly, at every turn. Mm-hmm. And the the guy that stood out for me as like, holy shit, he's having a good game, and it was on the defensive end was Yuri Laterra. Yep. Yeah. He yep. actually used his body. He used a six foot three frame to push people around was just all over Crosby. I don't think Crosby expected him to be all over him like that. Yeah. And none of us are Latera fans, but he was worth it last night when it comes to defense. Now, if only we could get him to repeat. Yeah. And, and, you know, I would, I want to get back to what Nick was saying about Hitchcock. You know, he doesn't make adjustments and he's too hard on him. I, I don't think an honesty, Nick, if you look and I've found some online, and I've actually talked to a couple of uh, people in Minnesota. He's not easy on players either. Uh, he can really get on them and ride them very, very hard. I think he's going to have a little different system, but I don't think he's going to be this nice, nice, nice guy uh, to the players. He has a tendency to get heated very quickly uh, and just starts calling out everybody that he can, throw sticks around. Could he be a little bit different? Yeah, but I don't think he's going to be that much different of a coach. I told I told Bill when when Yo was hired it was announced I, I was like I wasn't I I, I mean maybe I, maybe I'm wrong but I, I was, I'm not crazy about no, Yo I, I, but I think Bill was of the different opinion but I, you know, no, I no 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 I'm I'm not a fan of Yo I okay. I think that the next coach of this team needed to be a players coach and the the logical choice for me was Kirk Muller yes and and I think that one of the 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 things that hasn't been talked about a whole lot this year with the blues is the change in the assistant coaching ranks. We lost Brad Shaw who led this team's defense through some great years. Mm-hmm. Um, he wasn't given the opportunity. He's moving on where he can be the next coach. And I guess, you know, he's probably kicking himself right now for, you know, getting, you know, going to somewhere. You know, I imagine his thought was I'll go where John Tortorella is. Cause <laughs> we all know he's getting fired and nope. oops, the blue Jackson, Blue Jackets are having a fluke of the season. Um, but Kirk Muller, you know, I, I know I've, I've talked, you know, on Twitter a lot with with people that Kirk Muller seemed to be the heir apparent reason Armstrong wasn't sold on him and decided to go this crazy route with bringing in Mike Yo uh, and signing him before uh, he's, you know, before Hitchcock is gone and, it just it's such a bizarre setup and Very. he is he is not a I, I don't think he's a proven coach he's not a player's coach he's not what this team needs nope. i think a lot of it is also 
he, I don't think we have the right team to have Mike Yo as a coach. A lot of his style is run and gun, be fast. Like I guess you could say like the Penguins, and we don't have those players. Well, that that was what what Hitchcock wanted this team to be, and which is weird because he has never coached a team like that before. Yeah, and the the team is not really. I mean, it's it's it's, it's closer to that than it was a couple of years ago, but it's not really there. And I agree with you. I, I don't. It's not. This is not a run and gun team. Um, we've got a few guys that can that can do that kind of thing, but it's not that's not the way this team is set up. What is it? So, do you remember, Kurt, how the season? It's always interesting. Like you said, they they said, uh, you know, we're gonna we're gonna try a different little bit of a different system. We're gonna be running gun, and we're gonna we're gonna be re- a little faster relative to who we were last year as a team. The Blues said that reckless, oh, right, right. Was. So yeah. So do you remember though the first three games? It seems like maybe the first week or so. That's what we saw. But what I noticed with Hitchcock is. Is that basically whenever things go wrong, he just reverts back to who he was and what he what he knows. Well, well uh, look and at la- look at la- look at last night's game. Last night's game, they played a they played a they played a shutdown game last night. I mean, right. they, they played. I mean, right. Pittsburgh got a they they had a number of shots, but yeah. um, they played a pretty good defensive game last night. They didn't. I mean, um, you know, Hutton stopped thirty-four shots. Played very well. Um, yeah, yeah, we, we got good goaltending last night, so that that helps uh, a lot. Um, right, which was and, right. The you know the thing with last night, they played. That was probably their best road game of the season. And agree. Carter Hutton, Carter Hutton played great. And Carter Hutton can play great in one or two game stretches, but he's he's not. It's we don't have the one A one B, and so you know when the anointed one and Jake Allen you know is having struggles like he is you know we can't rely on carter hutton to to spell him for 10 15 games like we could with brian elliott no and you know that's that's the biggest difference this team overall however if the blues can show up and play the defensive defensive game that they played last night and get opportunistic goals like they did last night ryan reeve scoring on a breakaway there's yeah, no more yeah. opportunistic goal in the league than that happening. That was great. If, if they can awesome. continue, if if they continue to do that, I think they can work their way back into the third seed in the central. Well, they, 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 we got two goals last night from the fourth line. Yeah. Up, uh, Reeves and Upshaw. Reeves on a breakaway uh, where he was, beats where he beats a defenseman uh-huh. and the goalie. And and the whole thing about this year is, guys, how many times have you guys on the show and me on my podcast brought out that where would the Blues be without this fourth line? How many games when they needed somebody to step up have they come up and they scored a couple of goals to give the Blues a win? Where would they be without this fourth line? They would be in a lot you know worse shape. You know what? I, as, as much ragging as uh, Hitchcock and Armstrong get from us and other people, um, kudos for uh, for Upshaw. I, yeah. That was a, that was a really nice uh, uh, invite and sign uh, mm-hmm. to last year. So that was. I think I'll, that I'll, is. Uh, I think that is uh, uh, Ken Hitchcock's or not Ken Hitchcock, uh, Doug Armstrong's best signing personally. Yeah. I really do. I mean, it, it, I'm not trying to be funny. Like it's, it was, it was a low dollar amount mm-hmm. uh, and it's paid off so well. It gave the blues an, an excellent player for the fourth line at a very low cost. Right. We're, we're paying a, a former sixth overall pick a million dollars a year. And he's, yeah. he plays his role very well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's he's not the number he's not the second line guy he used to be or the number one line guy he used to be when he was younger, but he is a very serviceable fourth line guy who adds something that the Blues need. I mean, that's exactly what he is. And, and what does it say about Doug Armstrong when you say the best signing he's ever had 
was a fourth line. <laughs> well, I, as far as value goes, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's not costing as much at all, and he's no, it, nothing. Well, the, right. uh, well, I, well, as far as finish up the 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 talk about the Pittsburgh game, um, you know, it was a uh, Hutton's second career start in Pittsburgh, which is his second career shutout in Pittsburgh. He hasn't allowed a goal in Pittsburgh yet. Uh, and now he will get the start in Minnesota on Thursday night. So let's cross our fingers there. Deservedly to, so. Going to the shooting gallery in yeah. Minnesota. That's going to be really tough to win there. Um, but we thought it would be tough to win in Pittsburgh because they were, oh, what? They were 20. Uh, Pittsburgh was uh, 22 and 2 yep. uh, going into that game last night. They had 24 right. goals and, in three games. Yeah. yeah. So they were, they, and, I, I don't think seven, seven, and seven wins. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, okay. I don't. I don't think. I don't think anybody expected the Blues to no. play like they did. So that was that was nice to see that uh, goals from Pareko, uh, Reeves, and Upshaw. So um, uh, bench minor penalties are a little disturbing. Lead the league in uh, too many men, which is ridiculous. Oh, that's uh, infuriating. Does anybody have a theory on that? Because I've got one as to why that's happening. Does anybody know? Nobody uh, can count. Poor, uh, poor communication by the new assistant coaches. Like it's a one. it's a function of pitches <laughs> ongoing con- constant line changing at the wrong times and mixing up lines. You combine mixing up lines all the time with constant line changes at inappropriate times, like when it's in the offensive zone. When those two things happen, what you got are eventually the you know guys are like, well, who am I even playing with anymore? Mm-hmm. You know, when do I go out? I think that that's part of the practice. Here. I don't know if I can show you this on my phone, but mm-hmm. I was told that my hair and Mike look the best. So there you go. You, you guys are you guys lose. We lose. Who said that? It's it's none of your business. <laughs> it's none you. He sent it to himself. I did. I did. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> uh, mute Daniel right now. There we go. Okay. No. <laughs> no, I would agree that you know somebody's just not paying attention, and anybody that's played organized hockey. It's not that hard to know when you're supposed to be on the ice or not, but when you're changing lines around constantly in the middle of the game, uh, these guys don't know whether they're coming or going sometimes, and I don't think it's the player's fault. It is a product of the coaching, and, and these guys are just confused. So I I haven't you know I haven't paid that close attention to it other than to roll my eyes every time I hear uh, bench minor penalty on the Blues. <laughs> is has there been one player? Initially, my thought was, you know, this is all going to get pinned on David Perron somehow. <laughs> I think Perron has done it once or twice. Yeah, he's so I was thinking it's either Perron or Yakupov that has to be held responsible for this, you know, at least at the coaching level. Um, I, it would be interesting to see, and I wish the uh, – <laughs> uh, I wish the uh, – you know, somebody would uh, would do some analysis here and, and tell us who is the guy that's costing the Blues to penalty because it's always Robbie Fabry that serves us. And I don't <laughs> think it's his fault. That, well, if someone did that, that would be criticism of the Blues team yes. from Blues paid employees. Mm-hmm. So that that won't. That's not going to happen. No, not as long as uh, paid employees like Rutherford, right? Okay, so let me let me throw one last thing on Hitchcock and Armstrong and the whole team. I love the Blues. Hitchcock's probably a great man doing the best he can, and Armstrong's probably a great man doing the best he can. And really, we're just podcasters, and we don't know what we're talking about to some degree. I always want to I want to say that on some level, just to say that hey, just in case I got to meet Doug again, 
down the road and he ever hears this, he knows. I mean, isn't that uh, the truth, you guys? On some level, we 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 know a lot in some ways, but well, there's I'll, so much going on behind the scenes that we don't know. I you know, I, just, I, I agree with that, but I, well, the, the last part, but the first part, I think every damn one of us knew that the the Elliot thing was a mistake. Yep. So I'm just gonna say that. Yep. Thank so. you. I agree. And we, yeah. and we all and we all picked the Blues to finish fourth in the center. We all picked them to uh, be a, a fringe playoff yep. team, I think. Or yep. uh, Ponder, I think, said missed the playoffs barely. Uh, Bill said fringe. Was that right? Nick yeah. Jr. Uh, had him out. Said, yeah. I, I said uh, they were a wild card team at best. Yep. Okay. I think I said I had them about and six I, or I think seven in the West. We said this. Yep. We said this last week, but I think that uh, if the Central wasn't struggling like it has been, I, I think they're not even in the playoffs right now. I would agree with you. They're on the outside looking in. Yep. And they uh, just sent Copley back down to the Wolves this morning. Um, so Alan will back up uh, Hutton in Minnesota. I think Alan's starting, right? No, 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 Hutton's, no. Hutton's starting. They gave they okay. gave it to Hutton. He earned it. Here's I, the deal. Here's, I, 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 I don't. I, I don't. Real quick, Lance. I don't understand yeah. why uh, bringing Alan back now uh, if he's going to back up. Hutton. If he's going to, that's stupid. That makes no sense to me. No sense. I, because okay, okay. Say Alan gets in the game. That means the game is kind of out of hand. We're not mm-hmm. playing well. We're down by a few goals, whatever. Um, that puts him in a bad situation. All of a sudden, yes. we're as a shooting gallery, and maybe he gets lit up for a couple. And I don't, if, if unless he's going to start, don't don't bring him into Minnesota. I don't. I don't. Yeah, I would, I would, I would it's, agree it's with you. It's a it's building where build he's historically failed. Yeah, it's not, it's not going to build his confidence if he's got to come up and replace Carter Hutton, and you know if he does have to replace him. What's he going to be thinking here? He's going to be thinking, oh, great. I got to yeah. come in here and right. it's already four to one. Right. And I've got to put up with this. Now it's going to be seven to one. How is that going to help him mentally for the next game? If you start him in the next game, I was not a yeah, smart was, coach. The, the only, a smart coach. The only way he's going to let Allen back on the ice is when the, he knows the team's going to play strong. If the coach is hundred percent confident, the team's get ready to go out there, whoever they're going to play and give it their best game. Then Allen will be on the ice, but before then, he'll be a stupid coach if he puts him out there. Then, that happens. Well, then, 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 then why? Why is he backing up? Why is he being yeah. brought up for this next game? Why? Why not leave Copley up for one more game? Yeah. Well, if he's not going to play in in chance, you know, maybe he's going to leave Hutton in regardless of what happens. Yeah, I was thinking that maybe they'll pull a Montreal Canadiens. They've done that twice this year, where yeah. their starter gave up a ton of goals, and they were just like, "Yep, yeah, let's keep rolling them." I, I get that. I get goals. that. I get that, but why? But why? But why you. even have Allen? Why even have Allen up in the in the game? You're not going to put him I in. Maybe it's a vote of confidence. Maybe it's a vote of confidence. Maybe he felt bad about not being with the team, and and they felt and, like you know emotionally and, getting back. And here's the deal too. Uh, we, uh, last season, I've said this before, and we talked about it, where Allen has had these 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 bad goals, these brain fart games, and everything. Uh, and he had the entire off season to get his mind right if he wanted to. Um, a few extra days here and there during the season. Like his his time off uh, recently, uh, now is is that going to do any good? I mean, he had he had all off off season to get his mind right and his, different his... different different scenario, I guess. But yeah, no, uh, it's, it's Brian totally. Elliott, Brian Elliott was put down in reconditioning a couple of years ago. Remember, yep. came back, barnstormed the rest of the season. Yeah, and obviously they didn't send Allen down, but maybe they're hoping for the same thing here. Hey, you, you got a week off from playing real games. We're going to throw you back in. Hey, maybe it works, and maybe we look like idiots. And you know what? The thing with Elliot back then was that it was only – it was a shortened season, and his his bad stretch was only like five or six games. And the team it wasn't stopped. bad. 
But yeah. because of the half season, his five or six games was the equivalent to 10 or 12 games. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so it, you couldn't really stick with a guy that long. You had to send him down. I think it's a little uh, – Elliot got a bad rap that season, but really his bad stretch was like five or six games. That was yeah, it. The team was stinking at the same period. Yeah. Yeah, they were bad. Same thing. Yeah. yeah. And, and I mean, I think it's a, a totally different thing because the, the other thing with Jake Allen right now is, you know, that, you know, he, he became a father for the first time a couple yes. of weeks ago. And he, you know, he said, you know, in interviews that he gave, you know, he wasn't sleeping very well. Um, so that, that, I, I think you, you know, I don't like that excuse. I, I don't I, I think you know I think Kurt doesn't you, like it either. There's there's Woo! a lot of, there's a lot of conjecture you can throw in there and you know I you know I it's not something I really want to get into. You know, hockey players can plan around that kind of thing. Um, so maybe there wasn't planning, but it happened. And I you know my thought was after after he shat the bed and the first couple of games after that was, you know. Give him, give him off through the All Star break. What's the worst that can happen? And yeah. you know, I think this is the closest <laughs> yeah. they got. So the decision <laughs> to bring him back for tomorrow night, you know, as the backup, is mind boggling. He's already the worst goalie in the NHL. Yeah. I mean, what's, yeah. what, how much worse can it get? Let him uh, playing Copley yeah. is not going to be any worse. No. And I, I want somebody to check. When was the last time? A team made the playoffs with a goalie with around a 900 save percentage, 898, and made it far in the Philadelphia Flyers, 2011. Who who was in goal for them then? It wasn't Mason. Michael Layton, 2010, 2010. Wow, look at that right off the top of your head. I I don't know. I don't know if that's accurate. There may (laughs) have been another team. No, no, but because. That That's was the, the first year, one to come to mind. That was the year the Flyers went through all them goalies, wasn't it? They went through a ton of goalies. Yeah, yeah. and they ran with Leighton uh, in the playoffs. Yeah. 2011? Yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm looking at it. It's 2010 or 11. I think he's right. Look, it's 10. Look, that was the year they played right. the Blackhawks. 10-11 yep. yeah. or 9-10? 9-10. 9-10. 11. 10, 11. Come oh. on, Kurt. <laughs> playoffs, you say that it's the oh, last year. Okay, okay. 10-11. So we got to Michael Layton, uh, save percentage, 918, GAA, 248. That was regular season. So you're talking under nine, right? Yeah, under nine. Under nine. Well, I don't know about under nine. Yeah, because, because I mean, I, it, I think we all agreed at the beginning of the year, if Jake Allen was to get past some of his issues and for the Blues to be successful, he needs a save percentage of around 916 to 918. To be one of the top goalies I, and to help the Blues, I'd be happy with nine ten right now. I said, I said before the season started, he needs to be nine, over nine two. That's what I said. Yeah. How about the Stars goalies last year? They probably had not very good save percentages, right? I think they were about nine oh eight. They were, yeah, they were over yeah, nine oh eight, nine ten around that area. I think you gotta go back a long time yeah. for under nine. Uh, Ledin was at nine oh three, and wait a minute, that's not right. That's not right. Hey, this. I got a quick trans, uh, transition to make here that, that is actually logical. So if goaltending is an obvious problem and maybe it fixes itself or maybe it doesn't, one of the ways to help goaltending be better is basically keep the puck out of your zone. So we need more offense. So to get more offense, the question to you, Kurt, or to anybody, uh, who do we put on a consistent basis for 10 straight games, if Hitch would do this, with Tarasenko? Perron. Yep. So Perron's in the middle. Try it. Who's or Stasny. Stasny or Perron. Yeah, Who's on the left yeah. side then? I go with so Fabry. When, when, Fabry, yep. Fabry. When was Fabry. the last time 
when was the last time that Stasny and Tarasenko played more than two shifts in a game together? Was it not the Boston game where they, you know, Stasny scored and they looked really good? I think it was. Yeah, and sure. the following night in Washington, he broke it up. Yep, I think you're absolutely lost. right. I actually think you know, I actually think Perron is a better uh, all-around player, a better, he's a more skilled. Uh, offensive player passer than Stasny is. I think Stasny is more uh, is more defensive uh, uh, yeah. minded. But, uh, but maybe he complements Tarasenko's what Bill better, is uh, more well-rounded yeah. player than than Perron is. But uh, I think Perron Perron's a better passer. He's definitely Perron, I think he's Perron is more. I I would say Perron is more creative offensive. Yeah, that's a good word. Yeah. Yep. But passing wise, Stasny's the I'll best. I'll take Stasny. Right. Yeah, I want to. I want to see both. I, I wouldn't mind seeing both. I want to see Perron. I want to see how Perron does. I'd like to see Perron in center. I, I know you, this wouldn't be popular, but I'd like to see Yakupov on the left side. I'd like to see Yakupov because I think he creates yeah. space, and I think he can. Uh, I think he can make plays. And given two top guys with him, give me ten games, and I'd like to see what they could produce. Well, you put you put Yakupov <laughs> with Stasny and, and Tarasenko. Stasny is more defensively responsible than Yakupov is. Exactly. So that would kind of Stasny, him, was, Stasny was signed to be a playmaker on this team yes. on a top line. So yeah. I would love to see him actually do that in his third season. And make his, seven, make his seven and a half million worth it. So does anybody have yeah. a theory as to why we can't have a line for 10 team for 10 games straight and just see how it works? Why won't they do that? Honestly, be, honestly, be, no, be, it, it's not just Hitchcock. It's all NHL coaches. They right. all do it. And I well, don't understand. I mean, the why. Washington Capitals came to town and they've got a front line. They've got a top line and yep. that top line's together all the time. Well, they're scoring so many goals. I mean, I mean, if, if, it's, if it's working fantastic, you don't need to change it. But I think I, if you, if you if your team struggles for, Half a game, the coaches change. Coach changes, changes. Yeah, they do. Yep. Yeah. every single time. It's yep. it's, it's, it's yeah. like clockwork. Maybe because they're all afraid of losing their job. I mean, is is that what it is? No, I I think I think the honest answer here is that Hitchcock is trying to validate your Hitchcock line generator. Yeah, Ooh, nice. <laughs> there you go. Nick Jr. made that. That he could be it. Hey, I think he all, uses it. all of us between all of us here someday, we got to find somebody who's on the inside. And we're going to ask that question. If you guys find somebody on the inside with the blues that can answer that question from a coaching, a coach who could give us their perspective, we got to, we, someday you got to nope, get it. Nope, you gotta, nobody knows I've tried. Yeah. Oh, really? And I, I, I know a guy that works for the front office, but it, they don't, you know, he's, he ain't going to do anything. Well, that, I mean, a coach. So locked down. Uh, uh, let's get like a, uh, like, he's like trying to get like a minor league coach on. Right, that's what uh, I was thinking. Nobody, nobody, let's just do it. I, 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 I could probably have him on next week. Okay, because no, I mean, you're not going to get uh, an NHL coach no. on to talk about no. why you changed lines up so much. No. I can't say anything. But hey, I, I, got a, I got a guy in uh, uh, ESPN in Minnesota, Minnesota Gophers, uh, Declan. Mm -hmm. Declan uh, covers those games. He's the I, he, we might, he might have a connection. He might be able to get. Uh, so one of the coaching staff. I could get us a uh, British league coach. Huh. We we wouldn't even need to get him on the show. We could just no, just, him. just ask him. Yeah, yeah like an email. I think, be, I think it'd be fun to have him on the show. We should probably. I, I, I agree. I'm saying as far as this conversation, if we Kurt, if why are you so against having him on the yeah, show? Kurt, I, I we've got six people on already. So what do you want me to do? I, <laughs> well, there's no more Kurt, room at the bottom of the screen. I can't fit anymore. <laughs> there's gonna be thumbnails down there. Kurt, if you have him on, I will <laughs> shut up and not say a word. How's that? How's that? I would oh, I would Jack, welcome. Can can we get him on right now? Hey, tip, hey, 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 Curtis. Hey, Curtis. Wow. Oh, that was bad. Wow. 
Wow. Oh, Jeff, you're great. I love it. No, I love it. Hey, Kurt, you know what we do when we have guests on the show? What we typically do is anybody else that's on the show just sits and listens to us interview the guest. And then if they have a question, we let them chime in. Yeah. That's typically what we do. I've been on your show when you've had a guest, and that's the way it works. Yeah, so it works out nice that way. The guest gets front, you know, gets top billing, and then everybody sure. else mixes it up within the first 30 minutes, and the guest takes off. Sure. So, okay, yeah. Next week, we will have a minor league coach of some sort on the show. We'll answer that question. To, to answer the question, why in the hell do NHL coaches not stick with a line when a team is struggling that has worked in the past? Or at least try, attempt, see, experiment 10 games straight with one line minus an injury. Or ask ask a, a coach why why do you think Hitchcock might uh, is not playing stats? Yeah, he himself? might do the why, why is he doing it this way? And I, I you know Kurt, I would even settle for five games. Put a line together for five games like that. I just want some consistency in the yeah. lines. Yeah, yeah. So I, I think that's what most yeah. Blues fans have asked yeah. for, and it just doesn't happen. Yeah, I think well, I think when your team is struggling, I think it's easy to understand why a coach might switch your lines up all the time because nothing's working. But on the other hand, it's like, well, when you're switching them up all the time, it's hard to find consistency ooh, ooh. in your game and to get familiar with players. I it, it's I a, a it's a I got a theory. It's matchups. Hitch up is obsessed with matchups. Did you say hitch up? Hitchcock is hitch up. Yeah, hitch up. Hitchcock is is obsessed. With matchups on the road, Could not be. getting the uh, not getting the uh, change when he wants mm-hmm. it because you know he gets the, he doesn't get the last change. So on the road, he's obsessed with that, and that also ties in with why we get the uh, too many men on the ice be- and the line change problem. It's all tied in. I think there's somehow a you know you know what other NHL coach does that? Joel Quinville, yep. and he's extremely successful. Very good at it. So I, I mean, I'm, I'm not trying to say that you're wrong. I'm just saying that it can work. Uh, it infuriates Blackhawks fans. Yeah, well, but well, let me just okay. It can work. I'll just use a quick illustration then with what you just said. I'd say that probably what you're saying is 100 percent true then. But I would just say that if you had like in baseball, you can have two guys that can throw a curveball, but a, a, the curveball doesn't become legitimate just because one guy can throw it great if the other guy can't. So maybe the problem is that Hitch can't do what Quinville can do in the sense of juggling those lines because he's not able to make the right decisions or something. So we've got we've got uh, Daniel on the show. So we're coming up on the Blue Note Sports Bar and Girl Trivia Shootout Contest. Ooh. Daniel, do you want to compete against? Traditionally, it's Bill. Nobody's ever uh, beat Bill. No one. Rarely, rarely does someone beat Bill. Bill's beaten a couple times. Logan did. I've tied Bill. Logan did. Jeff tied Bill, and yep. and and we had a guest beat Bill one time. So he's he's got a pretty good record. So would you be interested in taking on Bill in the Blue Note Sports Bar and Grill Trivia Shootout? I just don't think I have enough knowledge. Oh, oh, cut it out! <laughs> I know what a bummer. It. it is multiple choice. Yeah, it is. It, it's free to play, and it's multiple choice. Dan, you're on. Daniel, you're on the bench right now, and, and Kurt's Hitchcock, and he just patted you on the back and said, "You need to get out there. We need a goal." That's what just happened. You're, you're on, on Carter Hutton. Yes, you're up. <laughs> we need See, a goal. You can say no. It's okay. <sighs> Here's my problem. I've only. I started. I really got into hockey last year. Okay. When we so when we when we got towards the playoffs, so I don't know if I'll be if I'll be in depth knowledge enough for what we're going here. There's always well, Google, and it's never stopped me, Daniel. You know, that's a solid point. I mean, I'll I'll try. That's a solid. All right, here we go. Let's do it. What do you got? What do you got to lose? Okay. So 
everybody can play obviously so um but we'll go who who's the official uh, the official uh uh head-to-head is it bill and daniel then bill and daniel it's fine okay and, daniel. and everybody can play and we'll see who wins <sighs> hey oh, this is but, always fun real quick quick real quick my first answer is brett hall it's so cool when you get the answer before oh. the question's given okay so hall? you're over one already but you're okay. that's your that's your answer um <laughs> This is the Blue Note Sports Bar and Grill Trivia Shootout brought to you by the Blue Note Sports Bar and Grill, which is now open for business. Uh, 3133 North Lindbergh Boulevard in Maryland Heights, Missouri. Uh, it is the I was ultimate. there a couple nights ago and I got carded. <laughs> Did you really? <laughs> like, uh, like their Facebook page. Yes. Yes, on Facebook. And uh, Daniel, have you? are you in the uh, St. Louis area? I sure am. Are you, uh, if you can, if you ever in the area of uh, Maryland Heights, uh, you might want to stop by and check out the Blue Note Sports Bar and Grill. It's a fantastic, uh, there's so much blues memorabilia on the walls, uh, old stuff, new stuff. Uh, it's pretty cool. Tell them so what happens a, when the blues score yes, if you go there during a game. That's the coolest thing right there. I love that. I have, I have that, 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 that siren that goes off, that, that light that goes off. And the, if there's people there, it's, it's fantastic. We went there for a <laughs> Dallas Stars playoff game, uh, private watch party before they're open. That was a lot of fun. All right, I'm ready. Okay, let's do this. Okay, so question number one. Question number one. What was the name of the toque-wearing trumpeter that would run up and down the steps at the arena in the late 80s? A, Jean-Claude. B, Claude Scott. C, Scotty Perron. And let's see, Bill's is, Bill's answer is in. Okay, and uh, group chat, uh, group chat for uh, Daniel. Daniel. Right, let's see what we got here. Okay, Daniel's answer is in. Okay, question number two: Who tied the game at five to five in the Monday Night Miracle game? A. Greg Pazlowski. B. Brian Sutter. C. Doug Wickenheiser. Uh, Bill, I'm not sure what that answer was. <laughs> All right. There's... Which one was B again? Those answers in. Uh, B is Brian Sutter. Uh, oh, crud. Who was A? A is Greg Kozlowski. Okay, I got it now. And uh, Daniel's answer is in as well. Okay. Question three. Who did the Blues trade to Detroit to acquire Rick Zombo? A, Vincent Riendo. B, Gino Cavallini. C. Mario Merwal. Bill's answer is in. And Daniel's answer is in as well. Okay. Question four. Who won the Jennings Trophy in 2000 for the Blues? A. Grant Fuhrer. B. Brent Johnson. C. Roman Turek. Bill's answer is in. A. Grant Fuhrer, B. Brent Johnson, C. Roman Turek. Jennings Trophy in 2000. And Daniel's answer is in. Okay, question five. Last one before the bonus. The Blues were one of the first NHL NHL teams to launch a website. What year did they launch (laughs) stlouisblues.com? 1990... A is 1994, B is 1995, C is 1996. 
You won't find that question on any other blues trivia contest. Of course, not. Of course the, <laughs> the nerdy IT guy is the one that asked it. Of course. It <laughs> All right, Bill's answer is in, and Daniel's answer is in. Okay, so bonus question, number six. When Ralston Perina saved the Blues in 1977 by buying the franchise, but not the arena, just the franchise, how much did they pay? $2.1 million, A. B, $4 million. C, $6.5 million. A, $2.1 million. B, $4 million. C, $6.5 million. Bill's answer is in. Yeah, Daniel's tough. answer is Daniel's answer is in as well. These were tough this time, <laughs> weren't they? I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna go out on a limb and say I got two right. Um, you are wrong. So do you get minus? You get negative points for being wrong about that guess or no? <laughs> Darn it! <laughs> if they're points, I'll take them. Okay. Um, question one: What was the name of the toque-wearing trumpeter that would run up and down the steps at the arena in the late '80s? Uh, at the arena, he uh, it was Claude Scott. That was B. <clears throat> one for and one. Let's go. He also uh, he also played in Edmonton and Quebec. Uh, he's from Quebec, so um, I think he was at Quebec first, then came here, and a bunch of arenas. Uh, actually, I didn't play. Wasn't he killed in a bus accident coming no. out of the stadium? No, he is still actually playing in stadiums. Okay. To this day, he doesn't he move. Played, as, he doesn't move as fast, but he, he actually played for a number of games at the Peoria for the Rivermen recently. Question two: Who tied the game at five-five in the Monday Night Miracle game? A. Greg Pazlowski. Yes. Okay, that Pazer, I remember that one. Yes. So there we go. One of my dad's favorite players of that era. Yep. Uh, mine too. Making me feel old. Question three. Shit. That's not the answer. No, no. I, was, uh, I had a telly wrong. Okay. Uh, question three. Who did the Blues uh, trade to Detroit for Rick Zombo? That would be A, Vincent Riendo. Ooh, I kind of thought I, so. I couldn't decide. October of 1991. He didn't last very long with them either. Uh, did Riendo get no. in a fight one time? Yes. Didn't yes, he go yeah. to Center Ice? Shovel Day? Uh, no, that was Probert. No, Probert decked him once. Probert decked him in the playoffs. All right. Uh, question four. Who won the Jennings Trophy in 2000 for the Blues? That would be C, Roman Turk. Dang it, I knew it. I knew that was right because I was remembering how much I hated the fact that he had that low goals against average. What was it, 1.73 or 1.63? <laughs> it was the same year Quinville won the Adams Trophy and Pronger won the Horton Hart and Norris. Yeah, we had McKennis and Pronger back there oh, on D. Awesome. And then he stunk in the playoffs. Yeah, oh, yeah, against uh, uh, Colorado. Lost yeah. his confidence. Yeah, that's yeah. Uh, that's uh, you know Jeff Ponder's favorite all-time Blues player. Wow, you have his jersey. This is the alumni game shirt. <clears throat> Why wasn't Turek invited back to the alumni game? Oh man, it's reason. so good to boo him again. I told you he was working at a chemical factory. Come on, guys. <laughs> Well, unfortunately, if you were listening to the live uh, podcast on YouTube, we had a power outage here in the studio, so we were not able to get to questions five and six in the Blue Note Sports Bar and Grill Trivia Shootout uh, on the live show. 
So uh, we are wrapping that up right now. So uh, here it is. Question five. The Blues were one of the first NHL teams to launch a website. What year did they launch stlouisblues.com? The answer is C, 1996. In 2002, stlouisblues.com was rated the 14th best website of all major U.S.-based professional sports, which is rather impressive. Number Question number six. When Ralston Purina saved the Blues in 1977 by buying the franchise but not the arena, how much did they pay? And the answer to that question was answer uh, number B, which was $4 million. The arena was actually, uh, at the time, was owned by a corporation out of Atlanta. So, after the six questions, uh, it turns out that uh, our guest Daniel had three questions out of the six correct. Uh, And uh, Jeff Ponder had four correct. Uh, Nick had four correct. And Lance had three correct. And Bill Day had all six correct. So Bill is the uh, defends his uh, belt as the reigning Blue Note Sports Bar and Grill trivia shootout champion. So congratulations, Bill. Daniel, thank you for playing. Um, uh, next week when we play, if you do happen to beat Bill in the trivia shootout, you will win an autographed beer mug. From the Blue Note Sports Bar and Grill, not autographed, I'm sorry, a laser engraved beer mug from the Blue Note Sports Bar and Grill. So that will wrap it up for this week's episode of Let's Go Blues Radio. Uh, you can uh, find us online on Twitter at LGB Radio. My Twitter handle is at Kurt Price. Bill Days is at Billy Blue Note. Jeff Ponders is at JPonder94. And go ahead and check out the uh, Toast Dispatch podcast and website. You can find them on Twitter at Toast Dispatch. And the uh, official The Drop podcast can be found on Twitter at Official The Drop. So uh, that'll do it. Don't forget to check out the Blue Note Sports Bar and Grill in Maryland Heights, Missouri. They are now open. So for Bill Day and Jeff Ponder, I'm Kurt Price. That will conclude this week's broadcast of Let's Go Blues Radio. Until next time, everyone, let's go blues. Thank you for listening to Let's Go Blues Radio. Now take off, hosers. Well, there's 90 minutes of your life you'll never get back. Sorry. (laughs) St. Louis Blues, St. Louis Blues, have you heard the news about our St. Louis Blues? Only just begun, they're on their way to number one Now there's no more blues for our St. Louis Blues The Blues are on the ice tonight again They're rough and tough and got the stuff to win They'll always get one more, no matter what the score They are quite a hockey team, my friends